0: Started. Can you hear me, Hillary? Hello. This is. Uh... I can. Okay. We also have a guest. to unmute me I've done that (laughs) (laughs) technically challenged okay how are you doing today Hillary
1: I'm doing good it's been one of those days
0: it's one of those days Um, and um, all right
1: so I guess let's as we go on if you have a question, I think they should be able to raise their hand or put the question in the chat box um, if they don't want to talk. I think if they raise their hand, you should be able to click on them and it will unmute them and they can ask their question.
0: I'm not sure, but um, we will see. We'll get it all figured out. (laughs) We'll get it figured out. So, um, First time for everything, and this is our first live uh, call-in, chat-in, whatever, um, to ask us questions, um, and uh, we'll see how it goes. So how are you doing? Uh, Well, we just switched from morning to afternoon, Hillary. Are you there? Hello? Hello? Hello. Mhm. All right, you're back?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What a day.
0: Yeah, what a day. Definitely the moon must be full and the sunspots are intense because I didn't touch anything, but it muted you again.
1: Oh, gosh. All right. All right.
0: Um, Okay. Let's start.
1: Yes. Before we have any more difficulties, let's just jump right in.
0: Yes. So. All right.
1: So today's podcast is going to be the Q&A podcast of the month. This is, I think, the second one of these that we've done. And I really like them because it allows us to kind of talk out some of the questions that we get asked on info email, on social media, media, and, you know, not that we don't respond to those when we get them, but, you know, I think this allows us the chance to go a little bit more in depth than, you know, you would type out in a message. So,
0: Yes.
1: All right. So I've compiled a list of some questions. And if we have people joining us that have questions, feel free to leave those in the chat and we will get to them as well. But our first question is, I added first defense and waited 24 hours before turning my skimmer back on. It still overflowed. So I did a water change. And after that, it was still overflowing. What do I need to do to get it running smoothly again?
0: All right. Well, Usually the first defense won't affect too many skimmers, uh, especially if you let the first defense circulate through the system for a few hours. But then again, some of these skimmers are almost like, you know, motor boats in a small amount of water. They just go crazy with the amount of bubbles and the stirring and the, they make when that happens, the best thing you can do is um, a partial water change add activated carbon to the system. And uh, ba- basically it'll, it has to work itself out. There's no super easy magic formula way to get, get it out. There's a vitamins in the first defense and those vitamins are organic obviously. And the organics are what's causing the bubbling because skimmers are designed to remove organics. So you really want to wait before running your skimmer because you added the organics to help the fish, the corals, the organisms in the tank. Uh, and your skimmer is there trying to remove it, remove them, and it doesn't know whether they're good organics or bad organics.
1: Nope. Yeah. And this is, this is a natural thing that, you know, it will happen with first defense. So it's not anything crazy. And if you give it some time, it will work itself out. Yep. All right, question number two. What are the ingredients in the bed of food grinders and what percentage of protein is in them?
0: All right, so the bed of food grinder is, uh, and it's the same with uh, our um, shrimp food grinder, is a mix of freeze-dried peas. They have a lot of fiber and minerals in them. River shrimp and... Three types of 100% natural seaweeds. The seaweeds are pretty cool. They're harvested and dried in Maine. They're that's all they are. They're not processed any more than that, and you get a lot of vitamins and minerals in there. Um, we the percentage it's a 55% protein. It's four percent fat. Very low in fat uh, 7% fiber that comes from the peas. And as you, there's no grains, there's no, um, wheat, soy, none of that because fish can't digest those carbs. So it's very low in carbs, which, um, fish don't use anyways. So it's a great all around food for more than just bettas or shrimps for everybody.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny, like right before we filmed or filmed recorded this, I'm working on an article about fish nutrition. And one of the things that I talk about is carbs and fiber and stuff. And you know how most people don't you know, realize that fish can't necessarily use that. So it's not something that you need to look for It's a good bit different than you and I, you know, if we go for a run, we're going to like carb load with pasta and pizza and stuff the night before, but fish don't need to do that.
0: No fish get their energy from protein humans get their energy from basically carbs so uh it's totally different physiology and that's why you have to be careful and uh, i realize flakes and pellets are convenient but they are not the best food for your fish because 50 percent of the material can't be digested and it just ends up as waste
1: which is not something we want in our tanks.
0: Yeah. So we have a, a visitor that wants to ask a question. I'm going to unmute them and we'll see how this works out. Yay. Hi, this is Dr. Tim and Hillary. You have a question for us? I, I do. Um, hopefully you can help me out. So we've had a aquarium in the house for, I don't know, it's been probably set up for two years now. And we know that you're supposed to do water changes on a regular basis. That's what the people at the pet store say. And that's what, you know, you read on the internet. And I gotta be honest, I just doesn't happen when the uh, when, when, you know, the water evaporates, we just kind of top it off on the top and, and then fill it back up. You know, we take the chlorine, you know, put the, the drops in, but um, is there anything that we need to do before we add more fish? Cause I'm afraid that, you know, the water looks good, but you know, the people at the pet store said, Hey, you haven't done a water change. There's, you know, you probably need to do something before you buy new fish. What, what should we do?
1: Oh, that's a good question.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, what, okay. So what you should do is take things slowly. And that means don't do a big giant Sunday cleaning of the aquarium because the inhabitants in the aquarium, and the caller didn't say whether it's fresh water or salt, but they said they're just dechlorinating adding water, so I'm going to assume it's fresh water. Um, freshwater fish can tolerate a wide variety of environmental conditions as long as those conditions change slowly. And that's what happens over two years is the fish in there have become acclimated to those conditions, but the chances are quite high that those conditions in the aquarium, the water quality is completely different than what's at the fish store that is always adding new water to make up for the water they put in the bags and just uh, going through maintenance and things like that. So the first thing to do before getting any new fish is to improve the water quality in the existing aquarium by doing small water changes, 5-10% a day every day for maybe three or four, five days. And how you can test this is with a pH and alkalinity test kits. Chances are high that the aquarium water has low pH and low alkalinity and is much different than your tap water. So 10% a day, clean out the substrate, clean the glass a little bit, maybe change a filter pad and change water and clean the the substrate 10% a day for four or five days, measuring pH and alkalinity. And as that becomes closer to what is the values coming out of the tap water, you know, you're on the right path. And once they're pretty much matching, then you would be successful at going and, and getting new fish and having them survive in the tank and also not upsetting the fish that are in there.
1: That is some good advice. You know, I I used to be a service technician for years and we would get more calls from people who like bought a house or took over an office space that had a tank in it. And they're like, yeah, we need somebody to come service the tank and we'd get there. And, you know, the tank hadn't been cleaned in forever. And, you know, that was, we would get that question a lot. Like, oh, don't you need to do a big water change to get it back to where it was? I'm like, slower nice and slow is better than doing a bunch right up front
0: yeah nothing good happens fast in an aquarium whether it's fresh water or salt water
1: that so, that that's a good point
0: yeah take it slow always All right, so thanks very much for that question um
1: looks like we might have someone else joining us as well yay uh
0: Hold it. I've got too many things going on here. We need a producer, Hillary. (laughs) Hi, this is Dr. Tim and Hillary. Do you have a question for us? Yes. I'm starting up a new um, saltwater tank. And I was wondering if Prime and Amquel about the cycling process. Yeah, well, Prime, Amquil, even Aqua Cleanse, they're all basically the same thing, which is an ammonia remover. And we don't recommend using an ammonia remover in the beginning because people get too reliant on them where they're adding them morning, noon, and night every time they measure. And it shifts the water chemistry to the wrong values. You want the bacteria to naturally take care of the ammonia. So what we recommend is using like our first defense, which will get the chlorine. All you have to do in the beginning is remove chlorine and chloramine. Don't worry about any ammonia in the water. And it also has a fish conditioner so it can help with the fish and some vitamins. um, And use that and it will not harm the bacteria. Relying on chemicals during the cycling process is just going to extend the process, increase your frustration and just really uh, make the whole process uh, less fun. So we recommend not using those. Uh, They're, they're fine in an emergency. They're fine if you've got to treat a lot of water that's already been cycled, but in the beginning, um, we don't recommend those as they do affect the nitrifying bacteria. Thanks, oh, for, thanks for your question. That's good info. Thank you. Excellent.
1: All right. Is there anybody else with questions or should I go on with the list no, that it's, I have?
0: You're up next, Hillary.
1: All right. Yay. My turn. People
0: that are there can raise their hands or somehow get a hold of us.
1: All right, this is another um, ammonia related question. I think my cycle has stalled. Should I add more ammonia? Should I add more bacteria? Both? What do I need to do to get things back on track?
0: Well, first, we have to figure out why the cycle has stalled. Um, Now, what's naturally going to happen as the cycle progresses, and especially if you're adding our ammonium chloride, because you're adding a lot of ammonia to the system, is that as the ammonia is converted to nitrite, nitrite converted to nitrate, the pH is going to drop because each one of these steps produces an acid. We've gone over this in the basic water chemistry podcast. Uh, That acid is uh, neutralized by the buffering or alkalinity, but eventually the pH drops as the pH drops bacteria don't work as fast and the process slows or stalls. So first thing, measure the pH. If it's low, you have your answer. If the alkalinity is gone, that also tells you that's the answer. And the the remedy is a partial water change. But don't disturb the substrate. Whatever stru- substrate you have, that's where the bacteria are, the nitrifying bacteria. If you start siphon cleaning the substrate early in the cycling process, chances are high you're going to be removing the beneficial nitrifying bacteria because they haven't had enough time to really stick to the substrate. So I recommend don't, re- don't mess with the substrate Take water from the top of the water column, you know, the top of the water, which is up in the water column, siphon it out and do water changes t- to add new water that is, uh, has higher alkalinity and higher pH to bring those values up. And in most cases overnight, the cycle will start its, start again. That's a good tip.
1: It's always interesting trying to like type that out and explain that Explaining that to people in a message versus being able to actually have a discussion and talk about it. Hopefully, this will add some clarity if you are one of those folks that has written in with a similar question to that. All right, next question What percentage of water change should I do? I'm on day 12 of my cyanobacteria treatment.
0: Well, we generally recommend somewhere between 25 and 33%. um, And you might have to do this for a few days because you want to get rid of all the organics. You want to get behind the rock work just everywhere you can, which can be difficult, realize. But you want to get all that organic material out of the system because that's what's feeding the cyanobacteria. Uh, But to answer your question, 25 to 30% um, is good. And in this case, unlike when you're first setting up and cycling your tank, you can definitely disturb the substrate. Siphon clean the substrate well and get all the gunk and the muck and the debris that's in there out of the system.
1: Yes. And as you're siphoning out, make sure you're also changing your filters because, um, I mean, I was doing a water change last night and I stirred so much stuff up that was in the water column that was getting sucked back out and pulled into my filter socks. So make sure you're removing the nutrients that are getting trapped in there as well.
0: Right. And don't be surprised if the water turns a little cloudy because when you're disturbing the substrate, you're oxygenating and releasing nutrients like phosphate that can be trapped in there. And that can cause a little bit of an, an, an algae or a bacterial bloom. So don't don't be, be, be careful, but don't be surprised if you start seeing cloudy water.
1: Yeah. Right, next question. This is <laughs> there's a couple parts to this. I'll read you the whole question, then we can go back over the individual pieces for it. I am cycling a tank and I've used a bottle of one and only the tank glass is green. And 10 minutes after cleaning, it's back to being green again. Some background info. The lights are on six hours a day. I didn't use live sand. When do I need to do water changes? Can I add waste away? And when should I
0: be doing that? That is a lot of questions. Uh- <laughs> Chances are quite high that the blue channel of your light is way up. So first, turn that down below fifty percent. These LEDs have multi multiple channels, so turn the blue channel way down. Secondly, you you have to have something in there feeding that um, the algae. So do you have organics? You didn't. You said you didn't use live sand, but is there some source of organic material. You put in driftwood, you put in something and try to get that cleaned up because if the algae keeps on coming back so fast, there has to be phosphate, nitrate, and, or, and, or organics that convert into that. And you need to clean that out of the system. Maybe you've got uh, live rock that was, or cultured rock that had a lot of organics and you didn't rinse it well. Um, Secondly, do you need the lights? I mean, that's the other thing is maybe don't have the lights on uh, because you're cycling with ammonia. So assume you you shouldn't have any fish or corals in the system while doing this. So you don't need the lights, turn those off. And uh, maybe the problem would go away on its own because the algae needs lights to grow.
1: Yep, that's a good point. And then when you turn the lights back on, don't turn them on all at once. Let them ramp up, build up to however many hours a day you want to have them on.
0: Right. And it shouldn't really be more than 10 or 12 hours a day maximum. And not at a hundred percent, like you say, you know, think about what happens. Anywhere in the world in the morning, there's, you know, the, the light is low as it comes up, it ramps up till the direct noon to two o'clock very intense and then it starts to ramp down. And with the modern technology and controllers we have with lights, you should be able to emulate that quite easily and uh, plants, corals don't photosynthesize uh at a, you know, 100% intensity all day long, you'll actually start producing antioxidants that way to protect themselves. So don't have the lights on bright 12, 14 hours a day.
1: Nope. All right. So I guess the second part of that is when should I do water changes?
0: Well, when you should do water changes really depends upon your system. If you have a lot of fish, which means you're and you're feeding you're feeding a lot. You're producing a lot of uh, ammonia. The pH is going to drop, whether it's fresh water or salt water. And when the pH drops, nitrification stops. Ammonia starts to build up. Uh, fish don't like acid. You know, low pH is acid. Fish don't like acid water, um, especially saltwater fish. They they have not evolved to tolerate a large range of environmental conditions because the pH in the ocean does not change much. So uh, basically it's going to be when you, your system tells you, and you know, some, for some people that could be weekly, for others, it could be once a month. The system will, will guide you.
1: All right. And the third part of this one is, can I add waste away? And when should I do that?
0: Well, in this case, because you've got this green water and it's feeding on something, you might have to, like they do when you fight forest fires, brush fires, is fight fire with fire. And yes, add waste away and get get the organics and the nutrients out of the system once and for all, uh, and then go back to the cycling process. Normally during cycling, we say don't add waste away because the heterotrophic bacteria in waste away will outcompete the autotrophic bacteria, the nitrifiers in one and only and slow the process. But in this case, it sounds like the tank has lots of nutrients and you need to get them out before you start growing algae everywhere. So, yes, definitely um, add waste away. Don't be surprised if the water turns cloudy. Um, and maybe be prepared to have some extra aeration in the system.
1: Yeah. Good questions. All right. I really like this next one because, you know, might lose stuff. So this person has written in that they lost the cap for their ammonia bottle. What's a good way to measure? So it's four drops per gallon is what we recommend what is there something that we have in our house like an average household thing that everybody should have that we can use to measure out ammonia
0: yes and on the label it talks about this um so one teaspoon equals 100 drops we recommend four drops per gallon 100 divided by four, that's 25 gallons. So one teaspoon per 25 gallons of aquarium water. And you don't have to be super accurate with this. You can use less. You can use a half a teaspoon. You can start with two drops per gallon. And in fact, what we recommend to people is that you set up your tank and get the filter and everything running. And you let it run overnight before adding any. A fish or adding ammonia. Before you add the ammonia, measure the uh, ammonia that's in the water. If you're using live sand, chances are high that there's going to be some ammonia already in the water because the organics in the live sand decay into ammonia. So before you even add drops, you might find there's ammonia in the water and you don't need to add any. So measure first and then that will set you out. But again, to answer the question, one teaspoon equals hundred drops, one tablespoon equals 300 drops.
1: And sort of along the same lines of this question, um, somebody had written in, was asking about, well, I know it says four drops, but I've talked to other people that four drops is way too much, do I have to add that? And the answer is no, you don't have to add the four drops. That's just what we recommend. Um, You can, if you don't feel comfortable adding that much, you can add one drop. You can add two or three or however much you feel comfortable adding because all tanks are a little bit different. And, you know, that might affect how short or long your cycle is, but, you know, do what you feel comfortable
0: in this case. Right. But four drops should be the maximum, no more than four drops per gallon. And, uh, but you can start with one, two, um, we, we have the standard, the, the idea here is that with four drops, you cycle that way, it's going to take 10, 12, 14 days. You're going to be able to add a lot of fish to the system. That's a lot of ammonia. If you're just planning on keeping a couple of clownfish, some, you know, some smaller fish, not too much biomass. You don't really need to be adding four drops. You can add two drops. Um, So the system is not concrete. It's adjustable to your situation and, and what you're going to have in your aquarium.
1: Exactly. Right. Here's another question for you. I've got a bottle of waste away that I've had for, I think, a year. I don't see a... Uh, best buy date on it. Is it still good?
0: Well, the answer to that is your nose is going to tell you whether it's still good or not. Um, because if you open it and it smells like rotten eggs and it's just a nasty odor, do not put that in your aquarium. Um, just, just, you're going to have to discharge it. Um, your
1: best judgment on that one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. But, but if it smells bad, don't add it. No.
1: Yeah. It's funny. We at the aquarium that I worked at, I was prepping food one day and it, it was fresh, but I pulled it out. And I'm just like, Oh, this smells awful. And I got a second opinion and they're like, yeah, no, absolutely. Do not go ahead and throw that away. That is a bad batch. And it, you know, in food, it happens sometimes, but the nose nose.
0: So yeah, the nose nose. Yeah. If it smells bad, don't add it.
1: it. Along the same lines of this is somebody wrote in, and this is from one of the regular people that is always listening. So thank you first off for listening to the podcast on a regular basis. Do I need to refrigerate eco balance? Uh,
0: the answer is no. The Ecobalance, waste away, those are heterotrophic bacteria that form spores. So basically, they're um, in a stable uh, condition, and putting them in the refrigerator will not extend the, the shelf life of the product. And normally, the shelf life is about three to four years. We recommend you just store them in a cool spot in your house, out of direct sunlight. Room temperature is fine. You just don't want it where the sun's beating down on that bottle and heating it up. That'd be fine. If you store it in a refrigerator, that really slows down the process. And when you go to use it, it's going to take longer for the bacteria to uh, come out of the spore and start working.
1: Good to know. All right. This is one last question for you. I've got film and hair algae and I'm using refresh and waste away. Do I need to run an algae reactor and my GFO reactor the whole time while I'm doing this?
0: Well, you should not use the GFO and the algae scrubber while adding waste away. And the reason is, is, well, the GFO is a chemical method to remove phosphate. And usually phosphate is the one chemical or nutrient that's in the lowest condition. And what we're trying to do with the waste away bacteria is out compete the things that are grown in surfaces. And in order to do that, there has to be some phosphate in the system along with nitrate. And that's the same with the algae scrubber. The algae scrubber is using algae in the system in a controlled environment to remove nitrate and phosphate. So it's competing against the waste away bacteria. And when you have all these different methods of doing the same thing, what usually results is that none of them work good and you don't resolve the problem. Um, The algae scrubber, as I mentioned, that's removing nitrate and phosphate by converting it into algae. But the last step is that you have to physically remove the algae out of the system because over time, the algae will die, decay, and release that nitrate and phosphate back into the system. That's why I prefer using bacteria because as you add waste away or use the waste away gels that time release a little bit of bacteria 24-7 into the system, they're consuming the nitrate and phosphate as they multiply. But the skimmer is removing the bacteria cells on a 24 7 basis. I mean, that's the bad thing. That's why you, you need to add bacteria because the skimmer is making the water too clean. But the good thing to turn that negative into a positive is by time releasing with the waste away, you're always adding little bacteria to counteract what the skimmer is removing. And the skimmer is getting this, is removing the bacteria which means it's removing nutrients. So the sequence is waste away releases bacteria. The bacteria consume the nitrate and phosphate. The skimmer removes the bacteria, thereby removing the nitrate and phosphate.
1: All right. Well, hopefully if this was your question, you're listening in right now. And hopefully that was very helpful for you. And I will, I've got to to give a shout out really quick because as we do these, I I try and monitor the uh, Facebook and the Instagram pages just in case people send in last minute questions. But Ward, thank you so much. Um, You are one of our Instagram followers. I appreciate you um, listening or attempting to listen to our first podcast of the day and letting us know that we had some technical difficulties. So hopefully you will get to hear this one and it's a lot better than the first.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, take down the first one get that out of there yes uh so technical problems it's uh can't say it's friday the 13th but it's wednesday the 26th that's close <laughs> enough i think <laughs> it's been one of those days hasn't it? those mm-hmm. days yes all right thank you everybody we appreciate it um we will schedule another of these to get uh even you know more participation and um advance notice from people because we do like talking we're back at the shows i was at uh, reefapalooza in orlando a few weeks ago and uh, was it the 10th of june back to orlando for aqua shella and then later in the month new jersey for reefapalooza so shows are back yes i'm going hopefully hillary will make one or two as we get the summer going and yeah. always great to see people, talk to people, and uh, help people out. It's great. Nice.
1: Now, I, I'm not sure you, you can tell me no, we're not allowed to talk about this quite yet. We have some exciting stuff coming up that's going to be announced at one of the next shows.
0: Aqua Shelly. You can't talk about it yet. It's not wait.
1: yet. So, yep. Make sure you Lots stay of tuned. new
0: stuff. We'll be Live podcasting better than this or the live one. I'll take the cover off the phone so you can actually see the TV. Yeah, Yeah. we're
1: we're very excited for some of this stuff that's upcoming. So if you're listening to this, stay tuned. If you are going to be at Aquashella, come see us. Yay.
0: Yep. All right.
1: And in the meantime, if you guys have any questions, feel free to send us a message on any of our social media channels or you can send an email. info at Dr. Tim's Aquatics. We check that as well so yeah
0: All right. All right. Thank you everybody and uh, Dr. Tim and Hillary and um, we'll talk to you again soon.